this coffee's hot. I expect it to be this hot. I don't even know if I knew you were a coffee person. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do the coffee. I do the coffee. Um, I'm about to get a coffee maker. I've been doing Keurig coffees for a while because that's uh, what my now uh, former roommate had. Um, he left the Keurig, but I may advance over to a coffee maker. We will see. Isn't the Keurig a coffee maker, though? Like, But it just makes Keurig little cup things? Yeah, it's the cup things. It's faster, I suppose, but there's apparently a bunch of like... Uh, one, you don't really have as much of a variety in a sense because like you, you're not really making it yourself. It's just kind of already pre-made into that cup and you kind of just pop it in. Uh, so it's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have cinnamon. I'm going to have medium roast, jalapeno. I don't know what coffee makers are doing. Um, but like when you have like a coffee maker that you could brew, there's a little bit more in terms of the grounded beans that there's a little bit more variety. Plus uh, for the environment, apparently the Keurigs are pretty awful. I also heard that the Keurig machines like you get like plastic in your coffee because the way it, the way that the thing like pokes a cup or something like that, it's like, how can it not get coffee, get plastic in your coffee? I'm going to check this out real quick. You probably can't see it, but it's in there, Kurt. It's like I'm tasting a five below. Probably box. Property bonics. Property bonics. building. Earlier than usual. Uh, we never re- revealed the time, 11 o'clock. We're doing it earlier than usual uh, today. Uh, so we're going to get extra fueled up. And uh, we got some things to catch up on, man. Uh, it's been a while. I think last I saw you was, what, two weeks ago? Was it two weeks? I feel like we saw each other in person after we recorded. I see you in person? Where I see you at? Damn. I don't think, I don't think I if you could help us out with this one. If you could tell us when no. we made and bumped into each other in the streets. Because I remember Phantom. I, that was the last time I saw you. Phantom, but that was was that before or after we recorded? That may have been before. Yeah, yeah. that may have been before. Yeah, because we recorded and we recorded and I came back from the festival thing. That's right. Yeah, I know that would have been. Yeah, so I guess that was a while ago. So yeah, about two weeks ago. So things have happened. Things have uh, occurred in life, and on this episode, we are going to discuss those things. Sound like Obama. I, I did that intentionally. Um, proper robotics? Uh, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, uh, so first off, how have you been? I'm good, man. Like, I've been, I've been busy. Yeah. I've been good. I've been in the comedy streets where nice. I love to be. You know what I mean? Um. So I, when I'm in the comedy streets heavy, I'm usually good. You know what I mean? Like I don't like everything else is okay. I seen um, I was watching uh, Sam J's show on HBO Max. Okay, and and she was talking about how stand up comedy is like her therapy, whereas though like things could be going on crazy in the world, but once she does stand up, she feels good. She, she feels better. Like, everything is okay. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's me. You know, like, as long as I'm doing stand-up, I really can't complain. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? How, what, what about yourself? That's, uh, I take the opposite approach. I go on stand-up, and I just complain. I get up on stage, and I let the people know my grievances. Um, that's not actually true. I Sometimes I aim to do that. I feel like it's like, oh, being more candid, maybe not necessarily complaining, but being a little more personal on stage uh, can be therapeutic in some sense. But uh, my therapeutic standpoint of stand-up comedy is more so like, oh, I'm doing something that I enjoy doing, but it's never really like expressing uh, my, my, my deep thoughts, uh, or at least the, the ones that are non-humorous. So yeah, think the short answer is things have been going pretty good. Uh, my roommate... He officially moved out, so this space is uh, just Kirk's own, uh, this this apartment, which uh, it's a, a lot to process. I'm trying to work on furniture. That's been my my big thing for the last two weeks, uh, trying to get right type of furniture, um, deciding what kind of furniture I even want, um, and uh, trying to process feelings of being overwhelmed with uh, this much space. Uh, so that's 
that's a big thing that's been going on. Yeah, I don't think that I know for a fact, not even I don't think I know that I didn't understand as an adult the idea of furniture. Like when you're a kid, you don't understand like that couch costs a lot of money. Like uh-huh. those tables and chairs and bed frame, you know what I'm saying? Like this stuff is like you don't think about that. You'd be like, yo, I'm gonna move into a new spot or I got this new space. I'm gonna get you don't think like yo, I gotta pay to feel this with stuff. Like my parents didn't just they weren't they didn't walk into a house and this couch is here. You know what I mean? Like I they had to buy that. I'm still not fully realizing that. Like I have all the space here and I'm not thinking like, oh man, well, I gotta get particular utensils. I gotta get a sofa. My first thought was like, oh man, like let, let me get like a slide. Like I'm still very like childlike in my mentality of like uh, oh well I'll get artwork for this. Like let me go to Spencer's first. Like that's uh so i'm still trying to uh work on that i did get a, a tv stand off shout to facebook market uh shout mm-hmm. to facebook market in coatesville uh got a tv stand uh which has been pretty pretty nice um i was in denver for the week not for the full week but i went out on wednesday uh came back denver uh, colorado denver colorado technically uh aurora colorado but it's like they're right next to each other so i'm gonna call it denver I said Colorado um, because there is a Denver, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> be great if I was like, yeah, I was in Denver 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I did not know there was a Denver, Pennsylvania, but shout out to those people. Um, yeah, I went out there for a, a work situation, and it was uh, one of the first, uh, not one of, not one for me, but one of the first one for the, the company. It was uh, their big gathering, like their annual gathering that they do, where it's like they talk about the company, have motivational speeches, and they like uh, acknowledge people and all that stuff. And uh, it was cool. It was cool. It was one of those things where they have like a big thing at the last night where it's like, uh, oh, well, everyone uh, dress up and we're going to have like a fun night and, and dance the night away and wobble and such. Um, and every year I've been to like three of these every year. I always bring like like khakis and a button down shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like a casual sort of situation sort of thing. We're going to be flexible dancing these moves. And I was even telling one of my, my coworkers um, that I was rooming with, I was like, because uh, he was looking at the pamphlet and they're like, oh, like they encourage some people to wear tuxedos. And I was like, yeah, no one's going to wear a tuxedo. Like, can you imagine coming here wearing a tuxedo? You're going to feel ridiculous. Right. Joke's on me, man. Um, I, I go down the steps until like the banquet and i'm realizing more and more of like oh everyone's wearing like three-piece suits everyone's wearing like bedazzled like gowns bedazzled bedazzled and sequins gowns and all that stuff there were bow ties there were (laughs) there were tuxedos and everything and uh i was there in my like casual friday uh (laughs) or just there in sperry's just boat shoes i looked like i would like how i would dress for a show that's pretty much like it was like a nice show that I was going to. So I was like, oh, I'm going to put in my nice show clothes on. Is this guy about to perform? What's happening? Oh, uh, goodness. Oh, that's that sent chills down my spine just now. Um, but they did have a comedian there um, <laughs> that did the motivational speech. So Who shots of Fly Girl. Um, Fly Girl? Yeah. So, so she's like, um, she, well, she's more like a motivational speaker. I don't, I, I don't know how she technically labels herself. Motivational speaker that has uh, experience in the Marines and, that's like a really cool story, but uh, she started it off um, with saying like, um, like uh, she, she mentioned like, I'm an unemployed comedian. So I know the energy of this room. And I was like, Oh, interesting. I, so like, I started seeing it from that standpoint of like comedian on stage. She did like a good 45. It was mainly motivational uh, with like uh, a lot of elements of comedy, but it was cool. It, it was cool to see someone uh, do motivational speaking with elements of comedy in it. Yeah, I've, I've seen that when I was at the, uh, the ABF festival. Um, there was a lot of that going on. Like, there was a lot of, like, motivational, but, like, people are, like, actors and comedians, and they're, like, you can tell they're performing, but you're, like, motivated. It's, like, it was, that was great. Like, now I really want to do this. There's something about entertainers motivating you than, like, a teacher. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> do you think you'd ever do that? Like, say, uh, down the road, like, one, two, two-parter. Do you think you'd ever do corporate gigs and do you ever think you would uh, segue into comedy motivation speeches? So corporate gigs for sure. Right. Like, 
give me the bag. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. Nice. Motivation. Yeah, I would do that. Like if it was a field that I was knowledgeable in or something like that, like they were looking for like black people that went to a junior college, I would speak. You know what I mean? Like, All right. I know about that. Like if it was like a seminar of like single dads, I would speak at that. Mm-hmm. I would. Most of these are like oddly specific and vague at the same time. <laughs> you know, black people that went to middle school. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> you got some unique, a unique experience to be black in the middle school, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I would, I would do it. Like I would definitely, I could do it. Like, I feel like, I feel like my comedy is kind of that way anyway. Like I'm, I'm talking about like, society and the world and give my point of views and what I think to be better. And like I, I talk about parenting. And like, I think like it's kind of already that it's just, like I said, it's just gotta be a field that I'm knowledgeable in. I could definitely do motivation speeches. Yeah, I think so. I would, I would do that. Could you, could you do it? I think so. I think like, uh, there's a lot of like fun one. Like you mentioned, like get the bag sort of thing. Um, I feel like corporate ones can be a cool thing carnivals in a way can be kind of a i feel like they probably pay well i don't know if i'd want to commit to a carnival but it's something i wouldn't be like no i'm definitely not doing it i think i'd be open (laughs) to having a team and then we we do like a seven-day trip carnival where we're the the comedy acts although i guess the people would be seeing the same act seven days in a row so I, i don't know how that would work you mean you're going to be performing for the performers or no, 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 like, like, like a, like a, car, like a carnival cruise sort of thing where it's like the, Oh, you said, carnival. Oh like, yeah. Like sorry. Yeah, no, no, not like circus. Yeah. That, you know, that'd be kind of interesting if like a carnival workers, like clowns needed like an extra pep talk sort of thing. And I did motivation for them, but no, I mean the cruise ships, like going to Bahamas and uh, Santa Cruz and all that stuff. No, that's a, that's a big thing in comedy. You know that, right? Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that poster? That, that girl put a thing out about the guy looking for comedians for cruise ships. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's in the group. Um, I, I I emailed this cruise ship dude, and they got back to me. Like, what? I never, but it was like a blanket email, blanket response. But it was things that I never knew, like the pay, how long, the amount of material you need, bro. Like the, what they said, they said you need to be able to do thirty minutes clean, because it'll be like one is a clean a clean kid show, one minute right. thirty thirty minutes clean, and then two different forty five minute sets. Okay, so that's wait two different forty-five minute sets on top of a clean act. Oh wow, that's. I feel because like it's kind of like you're going to be performing for the same people, possibly three times on this on this week long cruise. I wonder how many people just say yes to that, even though that's not the case. They're like, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't blame you. I feel like that's a hard thing to kind of quantify of like, yeah, I have two separate 45 minutes, also 30 minutes of clean material. Like what constitutes clean material? The the clean material was no, it was PG. They said PG, like no sexual innuendos, no cursing. Mm. I mean, other than that. So look, the, what the, what the, what the guy was asking for, he was like, he want he only wanted to see a 10 minute clean clip and a 10 minute, regular clip and like that's what he was going off of you know what i mean so it's like if you can get you listen this is how i always this is what i learned in life i'm if somebody asks me can i do something if it's in my realm of like things that i do i'm gonna just say yes and figure it out mm. like that's way better for me and what i've learned that i'm trying to do than being like oh no i don't think i can i'll get back to you when i no nah, i'm gonna just say yeah and i told you before like that pressure and that deadline makes me do what I got to do. It'll make me right. It'll make me come up with finish a joke I haven't finished in years. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. That's what, if that's what you're thinking about sort of thing, like you like, especially if you like have a deadline, but even if you don't, if you're like consumed with a thought or a goal, if that's going to be on your mind, that's going to be, you're going to be producing thoughts and ideas about that. Um, it's almost like a, the positive aspect of ruminating. People talk about ruminating on thoughts, and usually there's a connotation of having negative thoughts and ruminating. I feel like there's positive ruminating as well. If you have like a goal in mind, it's like, oh, well, you're going to be ruminating of different ways to tackle that. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think having a deadline definitely helps with that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, um, you gotta get on cruise, bro. No, I'm a, bro. Like it's not even. It wasn't even a thing. Like I know people like like talk down on like cruise comedian. But like like I'm not a cruise comedian. I'm just a comedian trying to get a check. So I, I don't I don't care about any. They gotta relabel it. You gotta call yourself an ocean comedian, an oceanic comedian. I think that would be kind of that'd be kind of wild. A water comic. Oh, call me a wet comedian. A wet comic. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> and you make the shirts and see how they sell, sort of thing. If that's a thing that pops off, then yeah, go for it. That's like <laughs> wet comedian. Yeah, but I mean, I'll tell you, I'm a submit. I'm a. I just gotta get. I gotta get like a ten minute clean tape. See if I can. Where can I record ten minutes of? Yeah, whatever. But I'm gonna I'm submit. I'm gonna see what I happens. Forgot, are you doing? You're doing the music fest thing. Yeah, I'm doing it the fifth and the sixth. Do you know if you're on the clean show? The one that's I don't, four p.m. I think I I don't think I am, but I put that I could. I did last last time I did that. I did the clean show. Oh, that wouldn't be a bad place to record. Like if you end up doing because it's a ten minutes out, you'd be doing. You're right. You're right. I know. I didn't even think about that. He said, I know. I, but at the time, I'm, I'm pretty sure I put on it that I could do the clean show, but I just didn't. But yeah, man, you should, you should see the amount of, before it gets like deep into the topics, like the amount of comedians that are afraid of clean comedy. And, uh, they, think, yeah. and they think that clean means they got to not be themselves and clean. Mean, like, no, man, clean just means you can write a, a well-crafted joke for every audience. That's all that means. Like, it doesn't mean like, you're not sacrificing comedy or who you are. It's like, yo, can you write jokes for everybody? That's all. Yeah. No, it's a shout to Glenn Tickleman. That was uh, one of the first comics I saw locally of like, I feel like a lot of times people have connotation of like, oh, if you're clean, you're only doing a certain type of room or you're mainly just doing like religious rooms or whatever. It's like, no, you could, you're doing comedy rooms. You're doing comedy rooms. It's just, you don't necessarily, uh, use particular language um or subject matter not even necessarily subject matter because you can tackle wild things uh while staying clean it's just a matter of like the vulgarity aspect of it just maybe losing some if not all of that um that's that's something i can't even say it's something i've aimed to do but it's something that i've just kind of adopted where no no it's it's a vulgarity is a crutch so it's like and I'm telling you, I, I've seen people use curse words as like the punch punchline. Yeah, like, it's just like <laughs> what? <laughs> like black people, black comedians do this a lot. They be like nigga, mm. like that's not a punchline, nigga. Like yeah, I feel like a lot of times if uh, if you're if you're riding with the person sort of thing, and you're kind of like you investing and buying into like who they are as a person, and that's their natural reaction to the circumstance that they present. A lot of times that can be funny um, because it's just like just giving up some sort of just vulgar answer or something. Um, but yeah, I do see that as well. People using that as just the punchline where it could feel, I don't want to say lazy, but it feels like unfinished. Like you could do more with it um, if you chose to. Sometimes if people do that and it works for them, go for it sort of thing. But I do, I do see what you mean on that. It doesn't work. Don't it let doesn't people, work. Don't don't let people believe that what they're doing it doesn't work. It's lazy. Mm. Every every joke should not end the curse word or sexual innuendo. I don't know. It's, easy. it's the easy like- way out. And every joke, bro, it's okay. You you got a joke or two with it. Every like I'm telling you, I've seen people go up there and they don't have punchlines. They just yell. Yeah. They're like dance. They like dance. They'll curse. It's yeah. like no, just write the punchline, bro. Like it's easier. It's it's really easier. It's less work if you. <sighs> like I used to, I used to do that. Like I would literally have jokes that didn't have endings but i would just get louder yeah (laughs) i feel like we're uh subtweeting kyle neff right now um (laughs) yeah yeah, i think like i think how you phrase it is correct in that sometimes it could work i could think of a few kevin hart jokes where like that's the punchline just his uh his uh lack of better words his attitude towards the circumstance yeah um and that's like it's just a funny outburst and release of like the tension he's built in the circumstance but if it's for every joke, it gets tiring. And you see that a lot um, at Mike's, which is like everything is just, all right, that, that wasn't really a punchline. That was just you kind of like screaming for a mm-hmm. bit. So if, right. if you're if you're listening to this in your ears, maybe start in comedy or want some tips in comedy, uh, do yourself a favor. Try to avoid, uh, do a challenge for yourself. Avoid vulgarity uh, for a, a bit or two. 
and see what results come up. They make you 10 times better than a comedian. I've done that. I don't, I used to, I got to a point where I noticed like a lot of like my punchlines and like my metaphors, like sexual involving and like the joke would be like a clean joke. I got a joke about, I got a joke about uh, Disney World. Nice. And it's like, but I would end it with like calling back about like vagina. I'm just like, why? Like, <laughs> how do I go from Disney World to like, Damn. you know what I mean? But what I kept Pluto do to you, right? But I kept, I kept doing that. Like, I, it was like a time period when I was writing. Like, I, would, I kept like going sexual with the punch. I'm just like, what am I doing? Why am I? And I had to like focus and like you know get in it because it's. Yeah, because now I can't do cruise ships with those jokes if I <laughs> You know you know who uh kind of kind of tainted this approach for us? I feel like you may know the answer. Uh, someone that was an advocate for this approach for years and then got in some trouble. And then uh, people kind of blur like, like like, well, why do we even need to take that approach? Because you were kind of wilding in the background. Um, I'm referring to Bill Cosby. So that was this big thing of like, we'll try writing a joke without cursing sort of thing. Um, and even shout to Will Smith, try writing a rap without cursing sort of thing. And then you, you see uh, it kind of uh, manifests in different ways, the, the vulgarity. Um, so I don't know if that's helping the cause or not, but uh, if you're a comic listening, consider that approach. You, you cannot deny what Bill Cosby did in comedy. Chris, Pat, if we could edit that out. Not- <laughs> <laughs> you cannot deny it. Like, he did terrible things outside of comedy, but he did great things within comedy. And what I'm telling you, writing writing in curse words for every joke is makes sense. If you're just, like, talking and you're just, like, curse words come out, whatever, whatever. But, like, when you're writing it and it has to have a curse word for it to punch for every joke, you're doing something wrong. It's the easy way out. And uh, if you're hearing this advice from us, you're hearing it uh, from some of the, the legends in comedy, uh, perhaps people should be taking note from you, Alan, because uh, you, you've had a pretty big step on one of my favorite websites of all time. <laughs> I feel like this is probably one of my um, proper suggestions at one point a few years ago, this website, and to see you on it, tell the people about this. Um, so I'm not even sure if I'm on it technically. Yeah, you're on it. But... I know that there's a I, IMDB has a ad running on social media right now. And it's uh, like a video clip from the American Black Film Festival. When we were on the red carpet, Issa Rae was talking and Ben Crump was there and a lot of people were there. And um, like on the first, like the like the thumbnail clip is like a picture of like me and like Twitter comedians <laughs> like smiling. So it's like the first thing you see on this on this ad online on IMDB is like a picture of me. Like, <laughs> that's wonderful. So, that's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Bro, that's bonkers. That's <laughs> Internet Movie Database. For those that don't know, and at this point, if you don't know, shame on you. Uh, the Internet Movie Database as catalogs, all films, um, also television shows too that expanded. Um, and it's been uh, a staple of cinema I want to say for the last probably 30 years, um, this is the site I would go to every day uh, during and after school um, in high school for the message boards. They've since deleted the message boards because apparently it got pretty toxic, Um, but it's still just a great way to look up uh, films and people that you know in the movies and even some of the background players. So perhaps, Dima, that's pretty, that's a big one. Thanks, man. But I, you know, I didn't even like I didn't know this was going on. I did people were, like messaging me like, "Yo, you want this?" I'm like, "What's good?" I like I didn't even know. Like, they didn't. Nobody said anything. I didn't know they were at the festival. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I'm on, I'm not on the website though. Like, I'm not on like IMDb. You can't like IMDb me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah. You, are you gonna sue IMDb? They're like using your likings to get clicks, but they don't have a page for you. Using my likeness. Nah, yeah. I mean, what is, what's that about? They they know that it's coming soon. You know, it like mm-hmm. we just, which is, it's like an appetizer. They just put it out there, like this guy's gonna be on the on the real website soon. Yeah, I'm glad to have seen it on social media instead of going on to IMDb. Because if I went on IMDb and just saw you on there, I would have dropped the phone. I would have dropped the phone. It would have landed in the toilet. It would have yeah. been a whole situation. <laughs> so I'm glad that I got uh, somewhat of a heads up. But that's a cool one, man. Yeah, man. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even understand what was happening. Like somebody sent me the screenshot and I was like, I had like went to IMDB's Instagram, but I couldn't find it. I'm like, where? Mm-hmm. But I was like, and I said, I noticed that, like, oh, it's a promotion. Like, 
I don't know how they can promote without posting it on their page, but their IMDb page. So like on the homepage, they'll have like slides of certain events. So like if you were to click that thumbnail, it probably would have taken you to a page uh, that breaks down different events and you're that event being one of them. Mm. So that's probably the case. Like they have like those sliders was like, here's this photo and it slides to this photo. Kind of like how AOL does. Shout out to yeah, AOL. Yeah. Um, so it was likely one of those. Um, so yeah, check out IMDB when you get a chance for yourself. You, you may actually be able to see uh, what they wrote in there. They may have mentioned you in there. Is that, a, is that a new credit? Can I use this credit? IMDB? <laughs> yeah. Your first IMDB credit is you being on IMDB. Uh, <laughs> I think you can do that. Yeah, I think you should. I legitimately would use that as a credit. Like if they're like for comedy resume stuff, if they're like, what are some things you've done? I'd be like, well, I was on IMDB one time. <laughs> they're like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I'd be like, how dare you mean? What do I mean? That's... <laughs> Again, a battle with them over that. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I'm in a weird, I've been here before, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in a, a weird space where I'm getting like a lot of public acknowledgement. Right. And it comes and goes. But the one of the weirdest th- things is, like, we, we hear about this a lot. Like, when people like say they made it, when like people come out the woodworks, you know what I mean? It's like you, you see my post, you see my IMDb post or whatever. People like messaging me like, "Yo, you got the same phone number." I'm like, like, what? why? Like, why? Like, well, like they're like suggesting that you change your phone number because it's gonna get crazy. No, like because they have my old phone number, and they want to call me for whatever reason. Oh, I see. Got it. Like, I had I had one guy. Like, this is my. I grew up with him and his brothers. Like, my dogs for life, right? <laughs> but like, his older brother was who I was cool with. So it, it was it was four brothers. It was four brothers, right? And like the third brother, like messaged me, he was like, "Yo, bro," and on Facebook, like, "Yo, bro, hit me up." He was like, "Um, it's very important." He was call, he was calling me on Facebook Messenger and everything. I'm thinking something happened to somebody. You know what I mean? I'm like, "Oh shoot, what's going on?" So I called him back on Facebook Messenger, which I never do. And he he was like, "Yo, bro, just want to say I'm proud of you." I'm like, "You no, like huh. you can't like you scared me." You know what uh, I mean? Like, uh-huh. I thought something was wrong. You called me, texted me, saying, "Yo, hit me up. It's, it's important. It's urgent." And you just tell me you're proud of me. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that, but you you can't do that. Like, yeah, the urgency level of it can be a bit concerning. Yeah. I can see that being a bit of an issue. That's uh, I feel like I've had not over like comedy stuff, but I've had like my aunts do that, where it's like a call me right now, call me right now, and it's like, yeah. oh my goodness. And it's like, I need help moving this table. It's like, all right. Like, you you could have texted that. You didn't really need to, the, the press urgency on someone can be a, a bit demanding. Uh, yeah, man. yeah, man. So, I mean, so that's that's what happened with the IMDb thing and all that. People people think you make, you're famous, but then it'll be back to normal next week. I'll just be regular right. old Alan at the mics and shit, you know. And well, you know the saying, man, uh, more internet movie database, more problems. So, that could happen, and um, sorry you're going through it, but uh, I'm, not, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm not going through it. I'm just saying. I, listen, I appreciate For those not watching the, the video. Alan is tearing up a little bit. He's getting pretty tense. I don't appreciate the love, you know what I'm saying? But you know, just telling you, just telling you, it's 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 just funny to see how people like, like I went on. I did world. I got on World Star like last year, and like people were like calling me who haven't called me in years. It's like <laughs> I get you. How can you even bring yourself to doing that? I love those calls of like the people that made no difference between like IMDb versus World Star Hip Hop, like the type of people that are kind of like, "Hey, I recognize you on World Star." No, I, yeah, it was it was funny because it was like hood dudes too. They were like, "Yo, yo, bro," I'm yeah. like, "Oh, you see me on World Star." <laughs> One topic I, I want to bring up and it kind of ties into it a little bit. Uh, There's something that I got off crime and punishment so citations off that right off the bat um but there's this idea uh that they talk about a lot in the book of this concept of extraordinary extraordinary people versus common people um and the whole idea of it and the the reason why they talk about it is that the main character he's pretty much striving to be extraordinary um and he makes this distinction is that common people or just they're average people. They're not bad, uh, but they're also not great. 
They uh, abide by laws. Um, they don't really create anything. Uh, they kind of just go with what is the status quo and they don't really have the foresight to see what's in the future um, or what things need to be done, uh, even if it's for good or worse, in order to progress themselves and humanity. Whereas extraordinary people, extraordinary people, uh, they do have that foresight. Uh, they're able to create the laws. They're able to create uh, new words, new ideas, new concepts. They're able to perhaps break the law and commit crimes because ultimately they're doing what's good for the world and themselves. Because uh, what's better for themselves is going to be better for the world uh, sort of thing. And I was curious on this day because they they relate this idea to like pretty much crime. Uh, the, the character Raskolnikov, he commits these crimes because he believes that he is one of the extraordinary. And the idea of being common is uh, agonizing for him. I think this could relate to just everyday life as well, though, um, even to like social media. I think that's one of the big tie ins for this one. Um, people that will, are going to continuously strive to be exceptional. Um, my question do you feel that do you feel that that's something that people continuously try to do more and more uh now with their lives like there's there's less acceptance of the idea of being average or being okay or not being deemed as exceptional that everyone's in this rat race to be this extraordinary human being do you do you see that yeah of course like 110 percent like and I know that because, like, they make it, they try to make it seem like people with nine to fives are losing. You ever see that? It's just like, yes, get, you got to get on your hustle, be an entrepreneur. It's like, no, nah, some people could just be a secretary and be happy with that. Yeah. So a lot of people are, I think people forget happiness is different between each person. It's just like, you don't have to be having, a, being an entrepreneur, you don't have to be an entertainer. You, you could just be a regular person and be happy. So I think everyone thinks that being ex extraordinary means happy. It's not true. Like, there's plenty of happy trash men. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, what, that's times, what it's about. A lot, and a lot of times it's a matter of like reframing of what extraordinary is. Like extraordinary can be those people that are trash men. Extraordinary because they found a way to uh, secure fulfillment and happiness through doing what they do. Uh, versus the constant chase and constant desire and a lot of ways that is unattainable for many people. Um, I feel like that's something that a lot of people go through, including myself in some aspects yeah. of like, if you're, you constantly want something else, um, you constantly see something else as a next step. And because of that, you, you don't really reach the top of the staircase uh, figuratively. Because um, you're just constantly just wanting to climb, climb, climb. Yeah. And uh, it can be agonizing at times. Yeah. I think that uh, they say that about like success and money. Like you, once you taste it, you, want, you just want to keep going, keep going, keep going. But yeah. I think that people just need to write down the actual goal. It's just like, do I want a million dollars? And when I get a million dollars, what am I going to do? It's like, once I get to where I'm going, I ain't got to go as hard. I can just go hard to progress. You know what I mean? But if it was like once we get it, we're like, oh, we got to get more. We got to get more instead of being content and happy. I'm telling you, I think happy happiness is skewed. People think that you got to have, got to get more and more and more and more and more to be happy. When I don't believe that that's the case. Like, I, I feel like it's just understanding. Like, people don't understand that they're not happy with the journey. You know what I mean? It's more of like, all right, I got this. I got this. So now I'm happy or not. Instead of being like, yo, I did all these things to, to get here. That journey made me happy. That's what people say. Trust the process or taking a scenic route. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just sometimes the journey is what the happiness is. It's not the actual uh, goal at the end, if that makes sense. No, it does. I think a lot of big good practice for people is also reflect on the journey. Like, also, like, you know, Try your best to enjoy the journey, but that may be hard to do sometimes if you're uh, maybe conditioned to continuing to see the next step sort of thing. So sometimes just taking this step 
uh, back or forward uh, and just being like, oh, yeah, those things were done. Those things were done sort of thing. Um, yeah. I had a moment like that in San Diego where I was like, it was the last day there. And I, I told you all stuff about getting there as a whole thing, um, but did the trip. And it was my last day there. And I, I kept just going super fast to um, like try to get it to the airport and all that stuff and kind of make sure that everything was on time. That had a second just randomly on the street just stopped. And I was like, oh yeah, like I did the trip. Like I did the trip. Like I reflected, like, oh yeah, that was kind of that was kind of cool. <laughs> so sometimes it's good just to have those moments. Um, but before we leave this topic, I'm curious, like I say, because I'm workshopping our motivational speeches. If you haven't uh, guessed it by now, uh, do you ever think that um do you ever think it's it's uh and I always mispronounce this word, uh uh And I botched that word a little bit, but uh the concept of uh, a lot of times leaders, they'll do particular things um, in order for the better of the, the group, uh, the better of humanity in a lot of ways. And in this case, Raskolnikov, uh, he was doing this for what he thought was the sake of his family uh, to kind of end the suffering of, of his family and uh, collective suffering of the society and all that stuff. Do you ever think it's okay to do some sort of misstep or wrongdoing if it means that it's going to improve uh, your surroundings of people you care about. Yes. 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 You do think. Um, yeah, I did it last night. Um, Damn. <laughs> Alan Raskolnikov. So, uh, you know, as a parent. Okay. So look, yesterday we went to the movies, right? Nice. And um, water, I just drink water. I, I don't drink anything else. Right. And, Water at the movie theaters costs like four dollars. It's ridiculous. So I brought in my own water. I like that. So I broke the rule to keep the money in my pocket because to, to, the I need that money for my kids. So I'm not going to spend like the, the the water at the water at the movie theater for one bottle costs the same amount as a case of water, a case of yeah. bottle of water. So I was like, I gotta break the rule to help my family out because that money in my pocket benefits them. Mm. you know what hey, I'm saying? that was a perfect example right there i like that <laughs> it's a good example and yeah i'm all about uh that type of crime i will bring uh treats into the movie theater <laughs> I'll, I'll bring hand warmers uh yeah i'm uh, i so i'm completely with you on that one yeah. uh unfortunately our friend raskolnikov he, he took a, a little bit more of a dire approach uh with this uh with uh spoiler alerts if you haven't read the book or know the plot of the book uh, for those listening uh, yeah, he, he murders, uh, he murders a, a pawnbroker and then unexpectedly, uh, murders her sister as well. Uh, he didn't plan on the sister part. She's kind of came up in the room and was like, all right. Um, and he was doing this for the sake of, he was like, oh, I'm going to kill the pawnbroker and use the money that she has because she's a pawnbroker to better my life and, uh, my sister and mom. That's the whole thing. And uh, I, I don't want to go into it too much, but he, like, immediately afterwards, he he just uh, is just ridden uh, with the idea that um, it may have not been what he thought it was. I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, mur- murders murders a bit much. Yeah, a bit he, much. He, he um, took it to a new level on that one. Yeah, not even new level, just a, a level that uh, perhaps should not have been taken to. Your 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 closest loved one. If somebody said you had to murder to keep them alive, like just could you do that? Um, I think there's it's. I don't think it's a yes or no sort of thing. I think it's really circumstantial uh, of what because that's a crazy circumstance to even be put in. So it's probably some crazy context around that. So <laughs> it's it's not like I just walk in staples and someone's like, hey, like I think it's it's some sort of like situation where our environment has been shifted completely. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have a, a yes or no uh, without particular context. Uh, but uh, I, I hope that doesn't happen. That'd be a bummer. Uh, you, you and your mom walk into staples. Don't give examples. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about this. <laughs> and they, and they grab your mom and put a okay. stapler to her neck. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to my mom. She's uh she's in a hotel uh, struggling with COVID right now. Oh man, shout yeah. out to you. Yeah, she's uh she's on she she's on the upswing. 
now, but um, she she uh, got got in the whip with someone uh, that uh, was tested positive. It was a whole situation, but uh, yeah, she's she's doing better now. She's just stuck in Florida. That's the worst part of it for her. I'm stuck in oh, Florida. Darn. <laughs> I'm stuck in Florida uh, at a hotel uh, until uh, uh, this this goes away, sort of thing. It's a new. I feel like it's a new like uptick in in cases, and I, I feel like a lot of people I know are, are getting it again right now. You know. Yeah, what you got to be, you got to be kind of careful on stuff. Um, before before we get into uh, one of the segments, uh, I was curious, how did Mickey's Black Box Theater? How was that experience? Oh, the show was great. The show was great. Um, yeah, you know it's. Anytime you have a theater and it's people there, you really can't mess that up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you can't mess that up, you know what I mean? So what do you mean by can't? Like you like you shouldn't, or like you it's hard to met, fumble the ball. You can it's really hard to, to fumble the ball. It's really hard to not do well and have a good time. It's yeah. kind of like I don't know how I explain it. It's like you really gotta mess it up. Like somebody like paying to come to a theater. Or a black, they're a black box. They're, they're, they they want to laugh. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not like we just popped up at a bar and we're trying to fight for the audience's attention. You know, it's just like no, like we're sitting back, we see you on the big stage. You got a big stage to work with, to walk back and forth like Chris Rock if you want to. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, you really can't mess it up. Like you really gotta just not be good to mess it up. Like every comedian that night did a great job. Everybody, it was great. The energy was good. I got a free pulled chicken sandwich, and it was it was great. Yeah. Mm, yeah so like i saw saw the photos uh shot to producer patty put out a video uh showed like the audience turnout looked like a solid show i was telling you man like when i did i, I hear what you're talking about in terms of, like when you have a packed audience like that it feels very like say like a bar show it's it feels like almost sporadic sometimes like okay well, we have this table that's really into it we have this table they're not as into it there's tv over there yeah. when you're in a theater and they pay for a comedy show it's like no, we're all one. It feels we're like here. a very just like we're a unit, and it's you with the unit sort yeah. of thing. I almost want to say you against the unit, which in a lot of ways kind of, but it doesn't necessarily feel that way. If you're doing well, it's like oh yeah, I'm with the unit. <laughs> like I'm yeah. I'm leading the unit right now. Um, so I, I get what you mean. It's kind of harder to uh, if you're doing your act. Typically, it, it's harder to fumble that. No, it's 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 hard to drop the ball. I've seen. I've seen comedians drop the ball recently. Like, I mean, like, not do well because they get in their own heads. But I think that if you are confident in your set, an environment like this is just, you just do your thing. You don't even got to try hard. You don't got to, like, come up with some new idea. No, just do your thing. Yeah. A lot of a lot of comedians, and I, I, maybe even entertainers, They'll get in their own head and think they got to do extra and do more. It's like, no, just do what you've been doing that yeah. got you here. And you're good. That's the, if anything, those, everything you were doing up to is practice up. Like, this is the one where it's right. like, oh no, do the stuff that you've been working on. Um, and if you want to have like a moment or whatever, like if you, something comes up top, trust yourself or whatever. But yeah, that's one where it's like, this is the perfect time to see it as almost like you're getting a tape out of it. Like how sometimes people will treat like the Philly's funniest thing. Of like this is an event where it's like I'm just doing my A material. Yeah, do that and you'll be fine in those settings. Yeah, man, I had that experience. I didn't do Philly's funniest. Never doing it again. But I uh, never again. Yeah, never again. But I did a uh, perform at the Helium two nights ago. Oh yeah, that's it. Um, so at the podcast, and then we have sex. It's uh, ran and produced by comedian Chris- Kristen Civils and her husband J Rod. They talk about sex intimacy relationships on their podcast and they they are blowing up and they're selling out comedy clubs across the country at this point and um did i did philly i did philly comedy not philly comedy club i did philly hilly in philly and it was like that it was just like it was sold out like the audience was there to laugh and it was kind of like and i felt it like but like the first thing i said they were just like cracking up and i was just like yeah like this is yeah, this is going to be you know, and not easy, but this is like taking candy from a baby, you know. I, mean? I know it's like oh, you guys want to laugh, good. <laughs> yeah, man, those those are always cool settings. It's always good. And at, at that show too, since it was sold out, I didn't like promote it because there was no need to. But um, people that I knew were like in the audience. They didn't know I was going to be there. So oh uh, yeah, 
that was cool. You know I mean, man, that's what's up, man. From high school was there, but they didn't know. They were like, "Oh shoot, I knew you were gonna be on the show." <laughs> Yo, bro, did you change your number? I tried calling you last week. <laughs> you were on my son's favorite website. <laughs> right. Uh, with that, uh, as we do on the show, uh, we like to give some uh, recommendations and suggestions to the people, to the streets, to the birds. Let's get some prop suggestions. My, my prop suggestion for this one is uh, if, uh, in professional life, uh, whether that be uh, comedy or if you're in the office and such, um, if you're trying to get uh, some sort of a uh, upgrade or advancement in it, or you're say an opportunity comes up where you may be able to be up for some sort of promotion. Uh, my prop suggestion is to touch base with someone that is already in that role. Um, that's always just whether, again, it could be comedy, someone who's maybe you're trying to get on like a particular show or you submitted something for a festival, maybe touch base with someone who has done that festival and has done that process or even an office space, someone who is maybe have been in the role that you are currently in is now in a role that you are inquiring about touch base with them. Um, it's, it's never going to come off. You know, I shouldn't say never, obviously there's communication styles and all that stuff, but if you're showing genuine interests, a lot of times people are going to be open to discussing their experiences with you and it's never going to hurt to hear their process from it. Cause then you could take that and use it for your process. That's my prop suggestion. It's a really good suggestion because, and no one knows it like them. So it's kind of like, right. if you want to get there, just ask them. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I agree. And I think that for my suggestion, stay along the same lines um, of professionalism. Um, but I feel mm -hmm. like, I feel like I suggest, I recommend that everybody shoot their shot. Um, meaning, Go after what you want, email who you want, call who you want, show up where you want to be. Um, I do that. So in comedy, um, like New York comedy, right, is is completely different than any other comedy scene I've ever been at, involved in, whatever, because there's so many comedians. Unless you're like friends with someone or you're, not, you're like one of them bulls, like one of them comedians, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People don't reach out to book that much you have to reach out to get booked because there's so many comedians what's the odds i'm keeping you top of mind unless i'm your friend or unless i just unless you're like really one of them boys you know i'm saying but like so what i mean by shooting your shot is like you have to say like yo i'm trying to be on your show what do i gotta do to get on your show um go to that show hey my name's alan well, nice to meet you. Just want to know what I got to do to get on the show. So you you have to message mess managers, agents. You got to be proactive and shooting your shot. It's not going to just come to you. And I think a lot of people in a lot of different industries, but I know comedy in particular, they sit back. And they be like, oh, let me sit back. Let me get booked there. Or let me sit back. Let me get this role. Like that, that's not how it happened. <laughs> you got to go do it. You got to shoot your shot. You got to send that email. You got to follow up. You got to pull up. You know, I think that's that's our recommend. I feel like a lot of my opportunities literally they may not have came from that actual email, but that email got me to meet someone who then put me into some to meet someone else. You know what I'm saying? But like a lot of things that I've gotten, I went and got, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like people should do that in, in all walks of life. Like you want a job, email the, the HR lady, call the HR person for job. Hey. You guys hiring? If not, can I give you my resume? Keep on file? Like, you got to, like... Yeah, if she doesn't show up or she doesn't respond, show up to her house, knock on the door, bring some bananas, have some treats. And don't stop there. If she doesn't answer the door, go through the window. Go through the window. <laughs> exactly. like, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. I feel like... I feel like we've been giving stage advice this whole episode, and then that's, we can't play that part off. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my that's my suggestion. No, that's all. That's uh, I definitely that's 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 not a bad one. Do I feel like effort in general? Damn, we really are doing like a motivational episode. I feel like effort in general. Um, cruises get ready. Um, uh, whenever you show effort, or not even show, whenever you do effort, whenever you you produce that for yourself, even if you don't get the results that uh you necessarily wanted at that time, 
I'm of the personal belief that uh, effort isn't something that just goes away. Like if you put effort out there, it's going to attach to something. Mm. It may not be the thing that you were necessarily aiming for at that time, but you producing that effort is going to gravitate and uh, I don't know, but some sort of magnetic field in a way it's going to attach to something. Um, and that may even just be uh, attached to a better self of self-confidence or knowing how to navigate next time something else comes up. Um, right. So yeah, always, always do the effort, show the effort. Sure. But when you do the effort, that kind of shows itself. So it does show itself the work that you put in. Um, we're some cornballs, bro. We are some cornballs. We're, we're, we're really on some like motivational. Uh, we're really like, if you, if you dream, you could uh, make it a thing that you could believe and you can make it happen. All the stars will align. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> we are butchering these sayings, but they know what we mean. <laughs> look, all right, look. So, so let's let's get out of being cornballs real quick. Let's talk about some hot, some hot, some hot takes that, because <laughs> I know I, I I feel strongly about this, very strongly, and I'm so glad that you sent this as one of the topics. Okay. The creator of Friends. Yeah donates four million dollars um to i don't know where they donated to but they donated the money because of the lack of diversity in in the show friends yes so i'm pretty sure they donated to like probably some black fund or something i was about to say that's a big component into like where are they donating that like yeah. what, what constitutes like a black entity that they're donating to and i don't know if we i don't know who's supposed to donate money to black lives matter still after lady got caught spending I know. all that money <laughs> As this lady is donating money just to BET, I'm like, I don't, this is, I think BET plays friends now. I don't, so I don't know where to, but that is, she is donating $4 million. BET is white owned too. So that's not somewhere you should donate it. That's what, yeah. (laughs) If we turn on BET right now, we're going to see the best of Chandler Bing. Um, (laughs) That's a friend's character. That's why Jack Harlow was nominated for BET awards. Man, always hating on my boy, Jack. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, Jack's my boy. <laughs> I forget. He comes up like he became up like the last five episodes. <laughs> yeah. But look, so they so I I uh cool. Great. They they they're donating four million dollars because they understand that there weren't any black people in a show based in New York. Um so I think that that's good. Great. Yeah. So she, she, uh, Martha Kaufman, uh, for, she states her lack of diversity and she states that she's embarrassed. Uh, and it was a, let's see. It was after what happened to George Floyd that I began to wrestle with my having brought into systemic racism in ways I was never aware of. Kaufman said that was really the moment that I began to examine the ways I had participated. I knew then that I needed course. Correct. I needed to correct the course. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sure that if that's like how she's genuinely feeling fine. I've one thing that I, I find that, um, it kind of irks me a little bit. I'm curious your take on it is that I feel like a lot of times people will bring up George Floyd as like a landmark event, which in a lot of ways, yes, but it's all, it feels like it's brought up in a way of like, man, when that happened, that's when my eyes open that's when I first realized this thing. And it just feels a little bit, I don't want to say like trivial, trivializing it, but it, I don't know. It just feels kind of like blindsided a little bit of like, yeah, no, of course that that's, it's been, that's been happening for quite some time. And it's, I, I guess it, it could feel a little annoying at time of being like, Oh yeah, this is when I realized it. Um, but maybe that's cynical on my end. No, man. No, it's very, very frustrating when white people say stuff like this. Yeah. What do you mean it took for somebody to die on camera for you to realize you ain't had no diversity in your show? Like yeah. you, what are you talking about? People, Black people have been dying at the hands of police forever. Forever. So you, when, when, when uh, Michael Brown died, that didn't spark anything in your brain. When Eric Garner died, you didn't think one, you didn't think, hey, maybe I could have Black people in my show. Like, but now, George Floyd... I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. Man. It's like, what kind of person are you for all these things to happen over this amount of time? And for this to be like, Oh, you know what? My very successful show. Like, come on. Yeah. Man. Like, I feel like, I, cause I feel like I hear that one a lot of like, uh, the, they'll, I'll hear this along the lines of like when George Floyd happened, like they treat it like it was a huge concert. 
right. sort of thing of like <laughs> when this happened oh i remember where i was and it was almost like this like fun nostalgic thing um that i, I don't know their experience necessarily it seems like a lot it, it brings some reflection which i think is not a terrible thing not a terrible thing i think it could be frustrating how it's voiced and um especially like if you maybe know a little bit more of the history behind it sort of thing but yeah it's uh, to tie it into the show and giving back four million and saying that that made you reflect on it in a city of new york where it's like you've had this successful show and just know i mean she i guess she does address that of like her contributions to the idea of systemic uh, racism by not having any black characters on this huge show um i guess i think aisha taylor was on like the last season or something like that um i, I think she i think she thinks she like dated ross i do watch the show it's not a bad show um, but it, it it is it feels uh, a little hollow at times that this is what makes you realize that yeah i kind of just wish you would just said hey i realized that i was wrong and left george floyd out of it right like uh, don't i don't i don't i don't know it's just getting it's getting to a point what's up you can have it that's yeah, fine. Um, this is getting to the point where they're using it like for everything. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I realized when George Floyd, and it's, it's like, bro, it doesn't help. It doesn't make me feel better knowing that you thought a certain way and it only changed because you've seen a black man die at the hands of the cops on tape. Yeah. And it wasn't even, I think it's just the, the, I don't want to say the commercialization of the incident, but it's the what came out of the incident. I don't think it was necessarily that because we've seen that happen before on tape. I think it's the 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 results of what happened and how it became um, kind of a, a national outcry. I think that is what impacted people more so than uh, the loss of a life. At least that's how I see it. White people act like George Floyd affected them more than us. <laughs> they'd be like George Floyd made me think like, I mean how do you think I feel <laughs> like, what are you like what are you talking about just be like yo I made a mistake and I realized that I participated in furthering systemic white racism with my show friends and leave it at that don't be uh, like I had to see this I had to experience all I don't care if it's the truth I don't I don't right. care if it's the truth I, I don't it doesn't help me I'm pretty sure it's not a lot of black people out there that are like, oh, I'm glad you've seen the George Floyd thing and, and decided to donate money. Not yeah. one of us is like, just donate the money and say, do it. Don't. Uh. You don't have to like bring it up. You don't even have to like make a, a thing about it. You can just do it. Um, yeah. it. I think it ties into the idea of like um, we talk about white fragility a little bit uh, and just kind of like tying into the idea of like, oh, well, this made me reflect in a way and now I see it and I want to be vulnerable and uh, vocal about how I'm yeah. feeling now where it's like a lot of times you, you, you kind of just do the thing without necessarily making it about you and your feelings. Um, and not, I don't necessarily know if that's what she's doing. I mean, if we're reading articles about it, I imagine there was some sort of um, uh, interview about it. Also, I'm not going to question this lady's pockets, but $4 million off friends. I feel like that show is making billions per episode. What's where we doing? Come on. Huh? And, and listen, I held off when bringing this up throughout this conversation long enough, but she stole the friend's idea from living single. Yeah. You stole the, sh the idea from a black show and then mm. they put no black people in it. Mm. And Do you then think you want to tell me that because you've seen a black person die. Now you realize you was wrong. Come on, man. No, I don't want to hear none of this. I think she should silently donate at least $4 million to Kim Fields personally. That's what I think, right off the bat. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and from that, I feel like uh, I feel like we get a good amount of just reparations from the creator of Friends. The amount of money that Friends makes, like, if she really wanted to reflect, uh, she's like, give reparations without saying a word. Uh, that could be a way, but uh, highly unlikely, I suppose. Yeah, like I mean, it's I'm I'm glad you donated the four million dollars, but Khadija and Maxine are upset, okay? And <laughs> over to need some money too. <laughs> yeah, so I we producer Pat uh, tried finding where uh, they were donating it to, uh, but he couldn't find. It. So it's I maybe it wasn't revealed in the interview. It's kind of a, a vague. We donated. Uh, maybe it's like the the Amber Heard thing. It says, it right, it's like, it says it right here. 
Oh, never mind. Support a distinguished scholar with a concentration in the study of peoples and cultures of African diaspora. So wait, they're it's a, they're giving them into some college thing. Is that what it is? I don't know. Like just give it out one by one. Uh, according to the LA Times, Kaufman's four million dollar African American studies program will support a distinguished scholarship. Oh yeah, no, I see it. Uh, okay. That's that's cool. I guess I feel like a cool way to do it, a systemic way to do it, is get a street team. Get a street team. You give each member of the street team like a million dollars, and then each person kind of gives it out, uh, like uh, like the what was it, the fairy godmother, and just kind of gives it out uh, to black people throughout the city of New York. Um, <laughs> I think that's something that could be pretty helpful if you want to like maybe watermark the money with like a friend's logo or something like that. That way they can know, I guess, but. I think that would be a pretty, pretty clutch yeah. way and perhaps sincere way of doing it. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a good idea, man. Because this this whole telling me George Floyd died so we can get four, so somebody gets four million dollars is killing me, man. No pun intended. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy, it's it. Oh, they like say rebooted with the all black. That's the thing, Pat. Producer Patsy rebooted with the all black cast. And I'm telling you, that was already a thing. Yeah. Living single was the black friends before friends. They took the whole idea whitened it gentrified living single and now friends is friends and, and, and white people have no idea they just think that this woman is just this genius no she stole the whole format the whole idea mm. it's, it's it's known like where, where do you find in living single now like because i don't think it's really syndicated like that i feel like wb had it no i feel like netflix might have had netflix might have had uh Netflix might have had like I think they had a lot of the old black shows on there. Mm. Let me see if I can find it. Living single. It's gonna give you a bunch free. of dating apps. Be careful, man. It's no, so you can get living single free on on Hulu. Oh, okay. Oh, and it comes on. <laughs> this is hilarious. It comes on BET today. Oh, all right. <laughs> right before Friends. Um, <laughs> That's good. We get to do a side by side analysis, right? Cool, man. So yeah, that I mean, yeah. So living single still out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? It was great. It was crazy because I think we were in like Walmart one day, and my daughter like seen like a friend's T-shirt. I was like, "Hey, can I get this T-shirt?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> I like explain all why not. He <laughs> <laughs> was waiting in line, holding an air conditioner, telling her about the history of of television in the '90s. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> That's how we yeah. roll my household. <laughs> my goal for the day, um, one, I need to set the air conditioner. I've had an air conditioner for over a month and haven't set it up because I didn't know which room I was going to set it up in, but I I was burning yesterday, so I just need to set it up somewhere. And uh, that and UFC, UFC tonight, I know it's not necessarily your bag, but it's International Fight Week. Um, Israel Adesanya versus Jared Kinnear. Max Holloway versus Alex uh, Volkanovsky, part three. They're doing the trilogy. Oh, my God. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, so that's going to be my night at Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out to Ray. Shout out to Ray. Was that your bartender? No, nah, man. Ray, Ray's my homie, man. Ray's a uh, Ray's a uh, Ray's. I think I've t- talked about Ray before. Ray was uh, one of my closest friends since I was like 15 or so. Yeah. Um, and we have a ritual. We go see the UFC fights at Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, tonight, the ritual continues. It's gonna, it's gonna be nice. What's your favorite wing sauce? Uh, usually, I go with uh, the Asian zing. Asian zing or some variation of chipotle. This sounds racist. <laughs> it is no, <laughs> no. I, I, it's uh, it's they have this uh, Asian zing cauliflower boneless cauliflower wings, and that's my go-to. So, Ooh, and I actually I'm got high, yeah, I got the sauce and been making it with chicken thighs lately. It's Ooh. nice. Yeah, it's it's been good. No, I rock with cauliflower, yo, heavy. Yeah, and also yeah. it doesn't make you feel heavy. You feel full, Ooh. but not heavy. Right. I like that. That's a, that's a good way to end the episode on cauliflower talk. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you've been listening. Usually you listen to proper botanics, but today you've been listening to positive botanics uh, with Kirk and Allen. <laughs> Shout out to producer Pat on that one. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that in the chat. I was like, yeah, that's funny. Um, that's yeah. probably what we'll call the episode. Yeah, probably. I uh, like it. Cool, man. Well, I'll be seeing you on Wikipedia and IMDb. Uh, I guess. Oh, for for people listening, I don't know if it's going to come out by then, but I'll be at Fergie's 
on July 6th uh, in Philadelphia, along with uh, Philly's Funniest on July 12th um, in Philadelphia as well. So feel free to look out for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, July 7th is the Mass Hysterical Show Ooh. at Satellite Art Club in Brooklyn. You know? Very nice. Very nice. July 7th is that. And then July 9th, I'm in Jersey City. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we posting the people posting everything. And, you know, at the end of the episode, we're going to have the schedules. If you're watching this, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Just hold on a second. And everything's going to pop up on the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hold on a second and then wait for it to autoplay the previous episode. It's going to be very delightful. Very right, delightful. right. Yeah, man. Well, good talking to you, Kurt. I'll holler at you next time. Yeah, man. Always cool chatting. Chat you up later. Thanks for listening. Uh, like, subscribe, and uh, put away your pens in one spot so you don't lose them. <laughs> I put mine in a cup. There you go. <laughs> See ya. Right. Peace.